Hey, it's Eric Hulkerin, and this is another episode of the Michigan's Best Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by co-CEO of Big B Coffee once again, Bob Fish, and we were talking about culture, we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we're talking about a whole bunch of other things that are inspiring Bob as we go into the weekend. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Michigan's Best Podcast. Bob, how are you, my friend? Fabulous. <laughs> in full disclosure, everyone, we've uh, we've tried to do this a couple times, and it's been uh, intercepted by storms and stuff. So we are we are here. Everything is stable, uh, and I'm glad to see that uh, you are well, my friend. I am well. I mean, I had water coming in the window here, and the electricity flickering, and all that business, and uh, it was a little tenuous there for a minute. But here we are. And, uh, you know, we were beginning to speak um, prior to hit and record about all of the things going on in the country. And you and I both talking about um, the optimism and, and and the hope that we're seeing. And because it feels to me and, and I don't know what you feel, Bob, but it feels to me like this is a genuine moment that's different than all of the other moments we may have had in the past two decades. It feels like something's happening around here. Totally. I mean, you know, uh, I was born in 1963. That's that's sort of uh, 63, 64, up to 69 is when a lot of the civil rights stuff uh, passed. And, you know, I've been trotting along in my lifetime here, uh, kind of unmotivated by uh, the, the general American involvement in uh, systemic uh, racism. And, uh, you know, folks basically just distracted by their own lives and consumerism and stuff like that. And I mean, I couldn't possibly be more motivated at this moment in time, just just watching people act and react to this. And uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just really proud of folks getting out there and uh, and, and supporting uh, the idea of Black Lives Matter. And, you know, it, it's such a volume of people. And uh, from a polling perspective, uh, 70, 80 percent of the population supports this. And, and you know, we, we talk about silent majorities and i just feel like this has been a silent majority and, and my faith has been returned in the humanity of people uh and that people are out there saying yeah you know what we're not exactly right and we got to fix that somehow you know and i don't think we have to particularly blame anybody uh about anything in particular we just got to work on what we got to work on you know sure and, uh, but super motivated by that um Super motivated by our owner operators. You know, we had a store that was uh, quite damaged in Grand Rapids. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and, and the owner operator there is like, no, not not that it's okay, but look, this isn't going to get resolved by me getting mad that my store got trashed, right? Yep. We we gotta we gotta wake up. Uh, Big B's always been about this idea: we exist to love people, uh, and so if we mean that, uh, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, he said uh don't say anything at all right you got to show the love here yeah for sure and the, the question i wanted to ask you today is i was reading your interview in qsr magazine from a week ago maybe um and we've touched on this a little bit but i think in moments like this uh when you know we all need to show vulnerability and we all need to look at the world and even ourselves quite a bit differently in order to address something like this I wonder if we could go back and talk a little bit about, about your humility, because you refer to that. The article is not about Black Lives Matter and racial tensions in the United States. It is specifically about how a business comes out of covid. But now we're at the you know, we're at the intersection of those two moments in history yeah. as businesses are trying to grow uh, and open up. And this is happening. And you talk a lot about leadership and humility and how that's the way that you navigate through 
things like COVID-19. And I, I wonder if you could speak a bit on, you know, because they gave you yeah. one line in a 300 yeah, right. word article. Right. And I wonder if you can kind of expand on that a little bit about the art of humility and perhaps maybe even where it came from so that when you want to have open and honest discussions about things like Black Lives Matter, you come to it from a place like you are right now. Yeah. And, you know, you got to connect the words humility and transparency and authenticity all together, right? You can't cherry pick those words. All those are important together. Uh, and humility comes from transparency for me, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's having stood up and said, you know, I did some things wrong. I didn't do them right. Uh, I'm not going to defend those. I need to disclose that I did them. And uh, I'm here to tell you that, that I want to change or be different. And, you know, the, the more you do that, the, the, the more the, it, I don't want to say that I'm appearing to be, have humility, but that's where humility comes from is to stand up in front of a lot of people and say, you know what, I've made a mistake. Uh, I'd like to move forward. And, you know, that, that's kind of where we're at with uh, uh, Black Lives Matters to, to a large degree. It's, it's just kind of admitting that, you know what, uh, we haven't squared that up. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't all been good citizens here. Uh, it's okay. Uh, we made a mistake. Let's move forward. You know, uh, we don't have to get all wrapped up in the past and the history and the why, you know, and so on and so forth. I'll tell you, I, I would recommend a book to anybody that's uh, listening called White Fragility by uh, Robin DiAngelo. Uh, it, it, it's really helpful if you can just get through the first three chapters. Uh, it would give people a lot of perspective on this particular issue because there's so many dog whistles on the idea of racism and so on that, that you know, we, we can tend to get a little defensive, you know, sort of like, I'm not a racist uh, kind of thing. <laughs> sure, yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, the, the way I approach this is, is you know, racism is such a supercharged word. Uh, and so sometimes I insert the word bias. Now, I don't, I don't want to minimize the word racism. But what I would say is, you know, one of my ways of moving forward with this is to say, you know what, Bob, you do have bias. You do. It, it may be intentional, maybe unintentional, maybe how you're brought up. I don't really know. Who cares? If I say I got it, then I can fix it. If what I do is just constantly defend that I don't have bias, then I can never move forward with solving the problem. It's sort of like joining AA, right? I mean, the first thing they make you do is stand up and say, I am an alcoholic, right? And so just sort of get to the point where you could admit something like that. It allows you to then move forward. And, um, but yeah, in regards to humility, uh, you know, we've had to stand up and, and, and not had to, we've wanted to uh, stand up in front of a room and say, you know, we haven't been perfect with Big D Coffee. And by the way, on the topic of the Black Lives Matter, Big D Coffee is not perfect, not by any means, not by a long stretch. And so, uh, you know, I'm really pushing for folks to uh, uh, read, uh, to listen, to watch, uh, and to learn. That, that, that would... If, if I had a message for the day, for the month, for the year, it would be to uh, read, watch, listen, and learn for everybody. And I think, you know, I think the key there is uh, that I take away from that and I, I try to use on a daily basis is this idea of listening more than you speak. I, I think I think it was Larry King who said, like, you know, someone was like, well, how, why are your interviews so great? And he's like, well, if you go back and watch them, 
I don't speak very much. I listen to the person. I let them kind of tell their story so that I can be more informed to ask that question that you go, why didn't I think of that? Well, he thinks of it yeah. because he's looking you in the eye and he's listening to the words that you're saying so that he takes in all the context. He, you know, you never saw Larry King doing an interview where he picks up his phone and tweets something in the middle of it because then he's not in the moment. He's not able to listen or read or, or you know, get the, all the context. That's right. Uh, yeah, just to mention another author, Tasha Yurik, and this uh, is called Insight, uh, and it really has to do with self-awareness. Uh, but uh, her point in her book is, you know, the more self-aware you, th you, you, you think you are, probably the less self-aware you are. Right. right? And, and, yes. and that has to do with talking more than listening, right? Yep. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, but I, I just got to say, uh, I'm super invigorated. I'm super motivated. I'm so proud uh, of folks uh, out there, especially in our Big B system, uh, that, that that are really engaging uh, with this. And you know, from a very broad perspective, Big B's kind of been all over this from a worldwide perspective, right? So you know, um, my wife and I are on a mission to convert all Big B coffee to farm direct coffee, and that. That's about building relationships with with farmers all over the world. But what so, it's really so, about, so real quickly, Bob, just for if somebody hasn't watched one of the other episodes, explain oh, to yeah. them the importance of Farm Direct and what it does to the end product at a Big B store. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, the real big deal is sort of cutting out the brokers in between and getting more money to the farmer. And you know, farmers are are producing coffee uh, for um, less money than it costs to produce it. I mean, they're actually you know, negative earning. And so from, it's just not a sustainable idea. You know, we have this great product coffee that we all love and so on and so forth. And, and these guys are leaving farming and, and, and leaving their communities because they, they, they can't continue selling it for 80 cents a pound when it costs $1.10 uh, a pound to, to produce, right? Sure. The, the math is pretty simple on that. But then also, you know, uh, just from a consumer perspective, we're so disengaged uh, from where our coffee comes from and, and the people that it comes from and that those are real people uh, living lives and so on and so forth. So, you know, part of our mission is to hit three checkboxes. One is to make sure that they're paying the workers properly, you know, two or three times their national uh, wages, that they're, that they're treating the environment properly. And, and, and so they're producing a product in a sustainable manner. But the real, the real kicker is that they have some program that they're invested in, in their community that they created some social program. It's often ends up being about schools or you know orphanages or something like that. But that that's something that they're passionate about. And the reason that we look for that last little thing is that's when we know that we're dealing with loving people, right? Uh, people that that have love in their hearts is when they want to give to their community, just like for us here in the United States. But um, we just love the idea of being able to put a, a name, a face, and a place uh, to every one of our coffees. I, I think that it, if I had my druthers and I could shrink this world, uh, that would be like the best thing uh, that, that, that ever happened. And that's, that's why the blog's called One Big Island in Space with uh, two Gs is because you know when you when you go out to space and you look back on earth it's it's just this marble that's sitting in black and that's just one big island in space and so rather than getting all wrapped up about what nation you're in or what ethnicity you're in it's just all of humanity with no borders all working together and you know the thing to keep in mind is that humanity is only as good as its lowest common denominator and so if we're not working on helping 
lifting people up, which is a thing that humanity has done for the millennia. Uh, we're only as good as the, the bottom of, of our world in humanity. We're not as good as our top, right? That's not, that's not where humanity rests. We're as good as, as high as the bottom is. And it's really important to keep that in mind. And, you know, I just think it's really important too to understand that when we look the other way, whether it's Black Lives Matters or when we look the other way on the rest of the world, that that's corrosive to our soul and to our spirit. And we need to be cautious of that, you know, to look the other way and to not participate uh, is, is, is just neglect. It's human neglect. And what's, what's been interesting over the course of the last, let's go three weeks. Um, we'll go a little bit before George Floyd is that as a, as a planet, really, we've had these two moments where I, I think everybody had this, Joy is probably a better word than happiness, um, but you, we launched a rocket into space, which was the first time we did that in a decade, and it really felt like, at least as a nation, we came together at 3.15 in the afternoon to see that moment happen, That's and then you go a week later, and this horrific tragedy happens, and then you see, again, the country come together to you know, start a movement, and you see that movement echoing throughout the planet, which has been super inspiring to watch all over the globe as people are joining in these peaceful protests. Absolutely. I mean, and that that's why I started this whole conversation off with. I'm so motivated and I'm so inspired by uh, people. And uh, there, there, there was a moment where I was a little worried about all of us, uh, not, not caring enough about each other and not, not loving on people. Uh, but right now that's been fully restored and I'm completely invigorated. And, you know, that's what we're all about at Big B Coffee. That's that's why it's really easy for us to say, no, this is what matters and this is what doesn't matter. Uh, and we're not preachy about that, but we, we just want people to know as a business because in the end, uh, government institutions or um, uh, you know religious institutions uh, have created change, but the largest institution in the world is capitalism. And if we can just be a little bit more conscious about our capitalism, we can solve problems of the people in the planet and we don't have to contribute to the problems of the people in the planet. And that's kind of where we're coming from uh, at Big B Coffee. And so if someone's hearing this, Bob, and they're, they're, they're in this, this moment where they're coming out of COVID and they're opening up or beginning to open up, depending on where they are in the country, or they've been open for a minute, you know, what are, what are some suggestions of, of sort of how to shift towards that? And cause you and I spoke uh, a couple days ago and we were talking about the difference between two different companies, right? That, that one would assume the larger company when you're talking about COVID-19 would be the one that would be the most insulated and the most able to take the punches from something like a global pandemic. Yeah. When it turns out time and time again, that's not necessarily the truth. It's the company whose culture trickles down all the way to the bottom and then kind of enwraps that company so that they can take the hits and then be nimble enough to to get going again and so any insight on, on how somebody can think about their own business like that even if it's a one-shop pizza place or it's a one-stop insurance agency or a giant conglomerate of some sort well what i would say is the the the, the largest tripping point is to take culture and um, and just have that be a marketing message. You know, that, that, is, that is the most dangerous place to be. And culture 
is not is not aspirational. It it is it is what you are, right? It is your DNA. And for every company, uh, they have to examine what their true DNA is. You know, and in today's world, you can't fake it anymore. Either that is your DNA or it's not your DNA because somebody will figure it out really quickly if it's not your DNA. You know, so. Um, we used some words earlier uh, about authenticity, uh, transparency, and humility. Uh, we're coming, we're coming right back on that conversation uh, with that particular question, right? So, uh, a company has to be transparent. It has to be authentic. It has to ask itself on a regular basis the really tough questions, uh, and then it has to communicate those uh, outward. But, it, but it can't just simply be. Uh, a marketing message. And, and my example on that is, you know, when 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there's a lot of movement on, in the environmental realm. And there's a lot of what was called greenwashing going yep. on, you know, so people just suddenly have green letters, uh, or they would use green words. But if you dove deep into those companies, they weren't green uh, at all. And so it, uh, to, to keep it really simple, it has to be real. And, you know, Bigby's been very fortunate to be tested uh, both with COVID and, and, and some of these cultural changes with uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, that, that our values just really line up with this. And, and, and that too is very invigorating. And what's amazing is, you know, we're hundred percent franchise, right? And so not only does our culture emanate from our home office, it, it bleeds through all of our owner operators who are, who, who independently own their businesses, uh, with Big B Coffee. But, you know, I think that we attract a kind of franchisee where these things matter. Absolutely. And so the last time we spoke, and I will leave it here for the day, the last time we spoke, uh, you were kind of thinking about maybe getting back on the road. Where are we with, with starting back up and, and visiting farms again? How, how yeah. far off are we? Well, you know, just last week I was talking to our uh, folks in El Recreo. El Recreo is in Nicaragua, and, and 30% of Big B Best is uh, farm direct from Nicaragua. And I'm like, I got to get back to see you guys because they just flowered there with their uh, coffee crop. Their, their season is the opposite of ours being on the lower hemisphere. Uh, and they're like, you can't get in the country. There's no flights coming in. And I'm like, well, can I fly into Costa Rica and cross the border that way? And they're like, absolutely not. So um, they're facing the challenge. They're, they're about 45 days behind where we were uh, got it. with yep. the COVID crisis. And so they're in the thick of it right now. Uh, but nothing's open. Uh, but What's beautiful is, is, you know, we got things like Zoom and so on. So right. we're talking to folks in Africa, we're talking to folks in Central and South America, Vietnam and so on. And so we're queuing it all up. So the minute that my wife and I can get on the airplane, we will be right there. Awesome. All right, my friend, as always, it's great to talk to you. Have an awesome week and weekend, and we will talk next week. Super. Thanks, Eric.